Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue in our preaching and teaching series through the book of Mark. Today's passage is one that's sure to get your attention. It's Mark chapter 3, verses 28 through 35. Now, I know I don't have your attention yet, but you've probably heard of the term unforgivable sin. And yes, it's a concept taught in the Bible, and it's in our passage this week. The passage starts with a reassurance that through faith in Jesus, all sins of men and women may be forgiven. But there is this one exception, and Jesus calls it an eternal sin, for which there is no forgiveness. Well, do you know what the unforgivable sin is? And are you maybe even concerned that there could be a chance you've committed it? Well, rest at ease. Pastor Jim will apply careful exposition of the passage in order to answer these and other questions. Here is today's slice of the message entitled, The Unforgivable Sin. And there are people who may wander and then be horribly convicted, and they come back. Well, that's because the Bible is true. Whom the Lord loves, He chastens. If you are his child, he will discipline you to bring you back. But if you can walk away and then say that Christianity is just, you know, it it works for some people. It's a good philosophy of life. Some people are Buddhists. Some are Catholics. Some are Muslims. You know, whatever works for you. Or you say it's all a fraud. That's the one who has committed the unforgivable sin. Because if you know the one way of salvation and you make a final rejection of it, what else is going to happen? Now, there's one more wrinkle to this. And then we're going to be ready for some crucial new stuff that's coming in Mark chapter 4. You're going to, don't miss Mark chapter 4. It's going to be really good. But before we get there, let's finish chapter 3. Jesus has spoken of the eternal sin which damns, and now he's going to wrap up this little bit of teaching by talking about the eternal family of the saved. Now remember what we'd said. Jesus's half-brothers, the unbelieving half-brothers, had come to Capernaum to try to rescue Jesus from himself and his own fame. Their mother came along, surely not in unbelief, but I doubt she could resist coming to see what was going to happen. And look what Jesus says about this. Remember, he's he's in a crush of a crowd. Mark 3, 31 and 32. Then his mother and his brothers arrived. We'd already been told that they were saying he's lost his senses. We're going to go get him. Then his mother and his brothers arrived, and standing outside, they sent word to him and called him. That gives you another insight into the crowd. They were just as polite to Jesus' mother and brothers as they were to the guy that brought their friend on the stretcher. 
and they wouldn't let him through. They said, okay, oh yeah, we'll, we'll tell him you're looking for him. Okay. Well, a crowd was around him, and they said to him, Behold, your mother and your brothers are outside looking for you. Now, first let me deal with the missing person here. Mary's husband, Joseph, Jesus' adoptive father, isn't mentioned. Uh, He never appears in the Bible record after Jesus was 12 years old. So apparently, Joseph died somewhere between the time Jesus was 12 and the time that Jesus was uh, 30 when he began his ministry. The Bible doesn't say what happened to him, but that's that's the most likely uh, assumption. There's probably a cult somewhere called Sons of Joseph who thinks they know. I, I don't know. Well, we saw last time that his brothers thought he'd lost his senses, so their motive was some kind of concern about him. They, they also more than likely knew there was a murder plot against him. I don't know how you could not know that since it was the worst kept secret in all of Galilee and Jerusalem. And uh, they didn't believe in him yet, so they might have thought they were saving his life if they could come and get him to go back to them, go back with them to Nazareth and get him out of the public eye. Now, what's important for us to see, and the reason this is included here, is the point that Jesus makes in light of their visit and the announcement that they think he's crazy and they're looking for him. Look at verses 33 to 35. Answering them, that is, answering the crowds. Now, bear in mind, he would, he would have had his 12 apostles close by. And the next circle would be the, the, the genuine believers. And then mixed among them and extending out from them would be the, the thrill-seeking crowds who wanted to see another he- healing or ten. Answering them, he said, Who are my mother and my brothers? Now, don't jump to the conclusion, well, he has lost his mind. He doesn't know who his mother and his brothers are. No, that's not what he meant. He's going to make a point here. Looking about at those who were sitting around him, he said, Behold, my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God, he is my brother and sister and mother. His point is that your relationship to the king of the kingdom of heaven, that's the most important issue, not your blood relatives. You show that you belong to Christ by doing the will of God. And what is the will of God that he was referring to? Well, why not let him speak for himself? John 6, 40. For this is the will of my Father, that everyone who beholds the Son, in other words, you see who the Son is, everyone who beholds the Son and believes in him will have eternal life, and I myself will raise him up on the last day. Do you see it? Beholds the Son refers to knowing who He is and what He's done. Believes in Him refers to putting your trust in Him completely. It is the will of God for you to see who the Son of God is and for you to believe in Him and Him alone for forgiveness and for eternal life. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He is the Messiah. He is the one and only Savior of the world. And the evidence is overwhelming. Look at the evidence and then believe. Remember how Peter preached in Jerusalem right after the resurrection? 
his second or third sermon that's recorded in the book of Acts, Acts 4.12, he says this, And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Well, you know the facts by now. So let's go back to where we started. Are you with him? (coughs) Have you put your faith in him and in him alone to save you? Or are you against him? Are you gathering with Him? That is, are you, are you all about living your life in such a way that you spread the good news that He is the Savior? Or are you scattering? See, there are the marks of salvation. You're with Him and you're gathering. If that doesn't describe you, I hope this passage scares you. I hope this passage terrifies you. And I pray that the Spirit of God brings you to humble yourself in repentance before Him before you get to the point of of walking away and saying, ah, that doesn't work. That's why this is here, my friend. If you know this, but you're willfully continuing in your sin, you are in terrible eternal danger. Do not continue to refuse to deal with your sin in light of who Jesus is and all that He has done for you. Or maybe you're in that category of someone just pretending to be His disciple. We're going to see more about that in in Mark chapter 4. I can't get my gospel writers right. Mark chapter 4. I mentioned this in the first service and somebody said, I'm so glad you mentioned that because maybe there was somebody like Him. I came to church every Sunday for two years. And then I figured it out. Somebody explained it to me that I was just pretending. And that was when I came to the Lord. Don't let it slip past. One of those warning sections in the book of Hebrews uses, the, uses words that are the, the terminology of a ship that just drifts by the port to its own doom. Don't don't be like that. I've said it, I'll probably say it many times in the future, my greatest fear in ministry as a preacher of God's Word, my greatest fear for Heritage Bible Church is that there could be people who know all of this but they never quite get to the point of making the commitment to follow Jesus Christ from the heart. If you can continue in what you know is sin, and I don't have to name it because you know what I'm talking about, if you can willfully continue in that and be okay with it, oh, my friend, please, please, Like Paul writes, I beg you, be reconciled to God. Before you leave this age and you enter the age to come, please come to Christ. Discover this indescribable forgiveness of God and stop clinging to the one thing that He won't forgive, which is your stubborn refusal to believe the the evidence of who He is and what all He has done for you.
If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.